Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, July 24th, and uh, yep, that's Comic-Con weekend, but we ain't talking Comic-Con tonight, y'all. We ain't doing it. We're going to give ourselves a week to digest Comic-Con because there was a lot that came out. But we are definitely going to sit there and talk some Ms. Marvel and talk about the ending of that Ms. Marvel because that's what we really need to talk about. Uh, sorry, I just I meant to mention this beforehand, but I wanted to talk about Thor Love and Thunder one last time because it's been living <laughs> rent-free in my head and I've been thinking about it. It's a quick little thing. Hopefully it won't lead to a long comic pasta thing. But I figured out why it doesn't work. I finally figured it out. It's because... the movie itself? Yes. Like, why no one... Like, this movie is getting just bombed by, like, everybody, essentially. Except my wife. (laughs) 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 So, what I figured it out was Thor's not the straight man. So, like, in comedy, you know, there's always the funny one, and then there's the straight man. Like, in other words, everything's serious to him. And the funny ones bounce off of him, essentially. And that's why Thor Ragnarok works. Like, he he did have some funny moments, like goofy moments, but you could chalk that up to him just being kind of dumb, like the, where he like, you know, this is my disguise, and he like covers his face up or whatever. Like, that was dumb. Oh, yeah. But everyone in that movie is goofy except for him. He He plays it off straight. Like, he's very mad that he's not considered you know, the strongest Avenger and stuff like that. Like, everything else is goofy around him. And the reason why I figured this out is I was listening to uh, the Weekly Planet, the uh, Australian guys, and they were talking about how if you did, like, a blind quiz and just mentioned one of the lines, because they as well did not really like this movie, (laughs) and they were saying, like, if you were to just quote any line from the movie, you couldn't pick out who it was because everybody's the funny one in that movie. Uh, and I was, I had this epiphany of like, oh, he's right. Like, that's why it's not, it, it's just, everybody's just riffing and making jokes. Anyway, it was longer than I wanted to say, but <laughs> I, I just, I had to get that off my chest. I wanted to make sure that was on the podcast. I'm glad you feel better now. <laughs> you, you've sat in the audience's couches and they've been able to give you help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Ms. Marvel. Last episode finale. What was that? Six? Episode six? Episode six. What's the name of the episode? I, I don't even know. I, it's been a week or two. No normal. No normal. All right. Well, meters for this episode and at the end of our review, we will do a well meter for the entire series. Overly whelmed. Woo, Larson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> She wasn't even on there, not even a minute. Uh, that still makes the whole show. Oh my God. That's all Jeremy needs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's seven minutes of heaven. Just just need a minute. <laughs> she was even in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I will say, like, just in overall, like for serious well meter, I was I was back up into the whelmed. I was still underwhelmed. It was it was still okay, but I didn't get bumped into the pleasantly whelmed, really. All right. Richard? I was pleasantly whelmed. I like this episode. This bumped me back up to the pleasantly whelmed. I don't know. To me, this felt straightforward. It was a little short, but for the most part, pleasantly whelmed. Cool. I was whelmed. It was a nice episode, a nice little finale to the series. To me, it honestly just felt too long. (laughs) Like, it just felt like it just drug out. And I was just like, oh. Uh, I did like the Home Alone kind of aspect that we got with the TV show. I thought that was pretty cool inside the school. But other than that, I was honestly just, just kind of whelmed, especially the way he, she got her name, which I'm sure we'll touch on as we go through the story. But yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, here it is. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> so real quick synopsis. Kamala makes it back to the States. Her mother gives her her suit and Comron is on the run with Bruno we got damage controls after him, and Ms. Marvel sits there and, and finds a way for Comron to get out of the States and go hang out with the Red Dagger and get stuff under control because his powers are just going insane. 
And that's pretty much the show, is just getting Comron out of the States. So, yeah. Yep. What'd y'all like about the show? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll say one thing. Like, there were obviously a few things that bugged me. But one, I was not crazy about how Kamala got her suit. I don't know. That one just was just kind of weird. Uh, like, you just overnight <laughs> just sewed that up real quick. I mean, <laughs> like, you, you, you put together some kind of crazy Hulk thing that looked like you just grabbed some random fabric and sewed it together. But yeah, now you're here with like a whole super suit that you fixed up all by yourself. In her defense, she made two Hulk suits. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I guess she took all that energy to make two and put it into one. And there right, you go. right. <laughs> yeah. But that, and like, it was some in the same time frame that was I thought was actually kind of funny, but at the same time, I was like, okay, whatever. But Kamala's mom, you know, like flipped a whole 180 there whenever she was like getting on to Kamala's dad being like, what, you don't trust her? Like, we totally trust yeah. her. I'm like, okay, look, like just a week ago, <laughs> you were ready. Just no. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that part, Jeremy. Like, I was just like, it's because we have six episodes is why she has such a flip of character in that moment. But I was like, literally, I feel like two episodes ago, you were just like, what are you doing? Why are you sneaking out of the house and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. The costume, I still don't like the costume. And since we've done this episode, concept art has come out of different versions of the suit. And I wanted it to look more like how the the Hulk outfit looked, but less, you know, padded shouldery stuff. You know what I mean? Like it looks more like actual material. Instead, it looks like like the the Marvel costumes. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and yeah. the the reason why she like made it so quickly, I think she says something about like she had it made while they were over in Pakistan. So I'm assuming that some time has passed since that last episode and the time that they got back. I don't think they just boarded the plane as soon as that episode ended and then <laughs> came back to Jersey, but uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. So my issues with the costume is I feel like, one, the scarf needs to be way wider and longer. Like, it needs to be super wide and it needs to, like, almost come down to her feet. Like, because that's how it's depicted in the comics. Like, it's super long. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when when she's like running for the first time in the new costume on the streets and stuff, you see how short it is. And it just, it looks off. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I will say one last thing. It looks like they paid homage to Captain Marvel in the costume. Her shoulder area looks like the same shoulder pads that is in Carol Danvers' costume, the first one, not the one that we see at the end of the Stinger, but yeah. Okay, cool. I actually like the costume. I thought it was, I, I, I agree with y'all that, that it almost looks too shieldish, too Marvel techie. So I do agree with y'all on that. Like it should have been probably more homemade kind of looking. It could have been upscale homemade, but like definitely like more of a, like a cotton type material or something along those lines, just something that didn't look as sleek and intricate. But yeah, I I, I thought the costume was good. I mean, the scarf didn't bother me. I could I could see it being wider though, just to get more comic book accurate. But lengthwise, I mean, she's gonna be running through the sky. I don't want her tripping on that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't started reading the first volume, but like, I so I hate the idea that people will watch this TV show go to the comic book and it's not going to be like the comic book. Like I said, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know for a fact or anything like that. I'm just talking based, just, just on powers alone. You're not going to see Ms. Marvel running down the street on nightlight freaking blocks. Like it's not <laughs> happening. That's, that doesn't happen. So yeah, that's one of the things I had an issue with is we see at the end during the fight, she she says the thing, she embiggens, and we get the big giant like hand and feet, and she walks around on that. I want to see her do that at least. Like if you're gonna take her powers away and make her a green lantern, I wanna at least see her use her big stretchy hands and feet to like travel across the city and do things. And yeah, the her using the step stools, the light step stools is oh. is weird to me. 
Plus, <laughs> it doesn't work like at night when you see her like off in the distance at the end of the episode when she's fleeing from the scene. You yeah. can still see her. I'm like, right. technically, damage control could be like, uh, can can someone get a sniper on that? Like, <laughs> follow those blocks. <laughs> we we did get a lot of that. I will say that, like her picking, her catching the car before it hit the crowd, and things like that. And like you said, the feet and stuff. I was very, I did enjoy that. I like seeing that, and then being able to put the embiggening powers that way. I was cool with that. If that's how they want to do it. I'm fine with that. And I'm glad we got to see a lot of that, it seemed like. But apparently, I guess she can make a dome as well. Is that is that <laughs> what we saw around her and Comron? Like how and all right, here's my biggest beef for the whole episode right here. Okay. I just now thought about this. We just all of a sudden make a fucking hole in yeah. the ground and it's like, hey, exit that way, bro. That's the way to freedom. <laughs> no fucking idea where it goes, but go that way. Couldn't do that from the beginning. <laughs> Couldn't do that from the school. Yeah. <laughs> or just, just you, he was in the sewers. He escaped through the sewers. Just use a manhole. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to make one. <laughs> I mean, if there's not one around or a storm drain, then I could see it. But like, really, you're that pinpoint accurate with the sewer system that you're able to just drill down and hit one right there and, and send him on his way. It's like uh, the part in... Iron Man, whenever Tony does that whole thing of like where he chops down all the all the robots at where he and Iron Patriot or whatever he was at the time. Uh, War Machine. War Machine. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that whole thing where like he does that and like chops them all up and he comes back up and saying, we couldn't lead with that. Like, (laughs) couldn't lead with the just just go down into the sewer and head on out. Right. (laughs) But then we would have missed the whole. Like I said, Home Alone sequence in the school. How did y'all enjoy that? I, I honestly, I, I did think that was pretty fun. And I liked that they did the whole kind of at the very beginning, the very first episode where they did the whole like, rundown and giving you the play by play and stuff like that. But obviously with this one, it actually kind of went according to plan a little bit. <laughs> so that was kind of a nice turnaround there. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. So I will say like the other thing that that frustrated me in this episode was, you know, obviously I was going to say, I was going to take Richard saying and say, Comron's a dick (laughs) because everybody else over here trying to save his life and get him out of the school. Uh, And then he learns that his mama died. So he's going to kill everybody. And I'm like, really? Come on. And at the same time, the thing that bugged me is Kamala didn't finish the story. Yeah. Like I was like, she stopped. And I was like, what are you doing? You need yeah. to finish. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, I was I, that was my gonna be my argument there because that was my issue was like not that not that Comron was a dick. I like he kind of was, but I don't think he was like intentionally trying like he was trying yeah. to kill the damage control guys, which fuck them by the way. I, I like I like <laughs> oh my god, I'm so triggered by damage control, like right off the bat of the first moment of the episode. Anyway, uh, back to Comron. Like, Kamala does this weird way of telling him, and I'm like, what the fuck are Uh you doing? Just say that she touched the veil (laughs) and stopped it, but sacrificed herself so that you could have powers and everyone lives. Like, why did you word it that way? Like, that was so dumb. (laughs) It really was. And, like, right before that, she had told Bruno the whole story within, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. But she couldn't do that with Kamran. I'm like, no, no. And then, of course, there at the end, whenever she actually finishes the story he's like oh yeah oh okay well thanks <laughs> and i'm like really <laughs> but then we would never have had the embiggening power scenes y'all come on <laughs> we, we still would have had it damage control was like <laughs> hell-bent on killing like children <laughs> in damage control's defense it wasn't necessarily damage control as a whole as it was what? that one bitch that was like you know what I'm going to get my fucking stripes for this. <laughs> that was the other thing too. Agent P clearly uh, the the guy, he totally had a flip of character cuz he was all like, "Mr. you know, tell me mm-hmm. tell me how this uh, enhanced individual tried to kill you." And he was all like gung-ho for this. So was uh the lady, uh, I I have her name written down somewhere. It's a uh, believe agent Deaver. 
And yeah, so apparently Agent P clearly is just complete, like he just has a complete change of heart <laughs> and he's okay with like these individuals with powers. And then like Agent Deaver's just like, fuck it, we're calling it in. Call all additional units. We're we're doing all that. Like it just was so badly written and the I'll, I'll get to why I'm pleasantly whelmed even though I'm shitting on this like big major moment. But it just like, it triggered me at the beginning too. like right off the bat. She's all like, this is what happens when the wrong people get powers. And I'm like, bitch, you fired the missile. Like, <laughs> like you're the one who had the defective drone or whatever the fuck it was that leveled the building. Not fucking Comron. <laughs> like, and, and then she's all like, oh, you know, use, use non-lethal rounds. And I'm just like, what, what stopped you from, I don't know. It was just very strange. I, I will say clearly was not wanting to stop getting them. He was more concerned about the fact that everything was going down at a school. So I, I, I did want to touch real quick on that. I got like big time Civil War, Marvel Civil War vibes from this whole episode. You're talking about the comic? Yes, the comic book Marvel Civil War, not the movie that we got. It's loosely the story in the comic books. <laughs> but the thing that sets off the the Civil War, I've I've read it. Richard, I think you've read it. Jeremy, you should have read it because I gave you the book. Oh, okay, we got a thumbs up from Jeremy. Jeremy read it. I did read it. Look at you. Hi, <laughs> damn. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me any details about it, but I read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute, so I've, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> In my fishbowl, yeah, at uh, at Mark Spector's apartment. Um, <laughs> so, yeah the the way that you know the Civil War starts off in the comic books is a mutant explodes near a school, just to sum it up real quick, and kills a bunch of kids. Yeah, and uh, that's what sparks this whole registration act and stuff like that. So yeah, I was getting like big time Civil War vibes, especially with damage control being there and them having their part and all the phones and cameras coming out. It's out of school. Comron's losing it and sending out these giant, you know, like energy blasts and waves throughout the parking lot and whatever else. Like, did y'all did y'all get any kind of hints of that at all? No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, but since you brought that up, yes, absolutely. Like, I could see how you you correlated the two. I did not, but that's, I guess I just wasn't thinking about it or I haven't read that issue in a very, or not issue, but that run in a very long time. Yeah, like nobody actually dies. Right. But like, I'm just splitting hairs, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I could totally see that, but we've already done Civil War and... I pray to God we don't do Civil War 2. <laughs> I was going to say, we haven't done Civil War 2, and we still got <sighs> Captain Marvel. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> and we even got Cap... I, I, I have to admit it. I have to say it before anybody else does. I was wrong. We didn't see any scrolls. We uh, didn't see any yeah. Kree. And we absolutely saw Captain Marvel at the end of this. So there you go. I was wrong. I, I wasn't expecting that. I honestly was not, and especially the way they did it. What's going on with that? What do y'all think? Yeah, that was going to be, I didn't know when we were going to be getting to that, and I didn't know if that was going to be a long conversation, but I didn't understand why she was uh, like upset or what happened there, why she was like, because she pops out and like, oh no, no, no. And I'm like, what What happened? It, it's because she's in a room so let me let me back up for a second. At first, when I saw the episode, I thought it was like in the comic, Kamala has the ability because she's stretchy. She can actually shape shift. She can turn into people. And in the comic, she turns into Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel. She turns into the blonde wearing like black oh, leotard yeah. with the yellow lightning bolt and like the thigh high boots or whatever. She turns into Miss Marvel at one point. So I thought that's what happened at first. But since rewatching it, and also people like who have created the show have explained that she teleported. Like Kamala and Carol swapped places. And it's probably due to the theory of it being the Negabands, because in the comics, 
Captain Marvel and I can't think of the other guy's name. I should have wrote this down. Uh, it's Rick. It's not Rick Flag. That's DC. What? Uh, Rick Jones. Rick Jones. Is that his name? I believe so. It's Rick Jones, and they had the the he had the bands, and if he clanged them together, he would swap places with Captain Marvel, and Rick Flag would be trapped in the negative zone, and Captain Marvel could come and save the day and do all stuff, and then. He'd clang them back, and then he, Captain Marvel, would go back to the negative zone, and Rick Flag would be back on Earth. Now, Rick Jones. Well, it's not Rick Flag, right? Yeah, you've said Rick Flag like twice now. Oh, sorry. Huh. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, that'll be. I'm not editing that out. Um, <laughs> I was going to say there's no points. So. Anyway, they swap places. And the reason why she acts that way, Jeremy, is she's in a room filled with memorabilia of her. So as much as I don't like Brie Larson's take on Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie, I really enjoyed just this one scene that we got of her because she, her reaction was... Heck yeah, you did. <laughs> her reaction <laughs> is... Oh, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> like, oh God, what have I got myself into? <laughs> like, for all she knows, she's in a, like a stalker room. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. She actually came off like a human at that point in time, instead of just like you talked about, like a piece of wood. Like she yeah. just, she actually emoted emotions of excitement of some kind. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I agree with you. It was nice seeing her actually like play a decent part for, you know, literally three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it also looks like we're getting a new costume for her which is interesting it looks less I don't know less armored or something I don't know if that's armor but her previous costume there's like less of it you know those like panels and stuff that she could like change colors or whatever and the creator has said that all the, the questions of like where the second bangle is what the hell happened with Miss Marvel showing up? All that's going to be answered in the Marvels. So that should hopefully answer some of these questions of like why the Ten Rings had that one bangle and all that. And when does that movie come out again? Uh, release date is July 28th, 2023. And that's per Comic-Con. That <laughs> was something that came out. So as of right now, that's the release date. They can always change it. Yeah. But seems like they're pretty on track right now. So. Yeah. I'd say that's that's probably gonna be relatively close. Um Man, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just like I said, I'm just kinda whelmed with this episode. So what what were you what did you have to say, Jeremy? I was gonna say, well, that's pretty much all that happened this episode, right? <laughs> no, no. There's something way big, way big that that I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm just I wanna get through all the episode stuff before we even fucking crack that egg. Yeah, so I'll just do a speed run of just some important things. The QR code, <laughs> there was a QR code in this episode. It was at seven minutes, 14 seconds. It's of the, when the food vendor is like squeezing some kind of sauce on the food and Kamala like walks over his little vending truck. Oh, yeah. You see over his uh, left shoulder, the QR code. Also, there's a like food grade sign and it has the date. So we kind of know where this takes place. It takes place in the year 2025. So that puts it, I believe, after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was going to say about that, whenever they, that little clip there of him squeezing that on, like I really wanted, they didn't show him just like overflowing of the sauce or like it was supposed to be some kind of spicy sauce. I was really hoping that he would just be like overflowing and somebody take a bite and just couldn't handle it or something. But yeah. Didn't we get mention of ice cream pizza on this again? Mm-hmm. I, I forget now where that was and what it was for, but it was like almost a celebratory was it at the end yes. when she when she was fleeing the scene? They were like, "Oh, let's all celebrate with with ice cream pizza." No, yeah. it, well, it's it's when they're doing all the weird like TikTok or Instagram reels. And oh yes, they were saying we're gonna celebrate having like our own superhero for the community and come by the the mosque. And we'll be having ice cream pizza. That's right. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah. I was so waiting for that. In that scene, I just like the uh, one we see the comic creator of, well, one of the, because it was like a team of people, but we see G. Willow Wilson 
in the TikTok, her face comes up real quick and she's like, she seems familiar. So I thought that was a nice little, it wasn't like a, uh, it, it wasn't Stan Lee, but at least it was, you know, a creator. I thought that was a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. And uh, I, I like the, uh, the chic, he puts on a filter of him being a hot dog. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, look, I'm a hot dog. And he's like, I hope this hot dog is halal, <laughs> which is, it's like essentially like kosher for them. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I thought that shit was funny to me. <laughs> I like the Illuminati in that scene. She's like, she's going to have a hard time getting married. <laughs> it's like that. That's all you care about. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Though there was also another thing in there where you see Zoe and Nakia talking with each other about how like, oh yeah, we helped her out and everything. At this point, I'm like, how do people not know who Kamala is? Like she, wears, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, she wears the domino mask and it doesn't really hide any of her features. She's friends with the same people who helped her out. Like her freaking brother was there. <laughs> Clark can affect. I'm just saying Clark can affect. Just got to call it for what it is. Can, can we just, can we just one more, one more time. Poor Bruno. Aww. Because hi damn. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying he walks at the end at the most inopportune times, and I, I don't know. I just feel bad for the guy, yep. even though he's going to Caltech. So has a nice ride now. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> All right, so the end of the episode, we get we get like a stinger kind of deal. It's a stinger, right? Wasn't it a stinger? No, it, it was part no. of the episode. Yeah, it, it is. Didn't we get a stinger? Yes. What? Well, yeah, of course. It's Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Like I said, it's been about two weeks. I'm lucky I remember what I do. <laughs> so anyways, at the end of the episode, we find out that Bruno has got Cameron's car and uh, he's going to take it with him to Caltech. Him, Nakia, and Kamala are going to go out and have... Was it was it the burger? Was it the same burger place as? Oh no, it, it's shawarma. Like yeah, I, it was. <laughs> yeah, she literally makes a reference to Mean Girls, oh. which was funny because I mentioned how this felt like Mean Girls. <laughs> she says, "Get in, losers. We're getting shawarma," which is both a reference to Mean Girls because it's "Get in, losers. We're going shopping," and the shawarma is from the first Avengers movie. That's what I was referencing. Yes, yeah. the first Avengers movie. But Bruno says he's done some more looking at her genetics. And it's not what they thought it was, but she actually has a fucking mutation, y'all. And we hear the, <laughs> and then that's it. I that's it. I went nut. Like actually, I didn't go nuts, but when it happened, I literally went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a reaction like that since basically the first Iron Man in the stinger when Nick Fury shows up and says, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Cause I literally verbally went, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming because of course, if you are up five minutes after the episode airs somewhere and you get online, then you're done. You're going to see everything. So I knew it was coming, but it was still awesome, especially to hear the riff. The guitar riff does it for me mm -hmm. every time. So because we got Krasinski cast in Doctor Strange as uh, Mr. Fantastic, and I know a lot of people were like, look, Feige, you don't like Inhumans. Fine, make her a fucking mutant. Like, that's what everybody was shouting. Make her a fucking mutant. Make her a mutant. Make her a mutant. Are they listening to us? Is that what the is that what we're, we're is that what they're showing us right here right now? Is like they're actually not like us in particular. I mean, surely us no, in no, particular. Yes, exactly. But I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting right at midnight every Monday, waiting for that episode to drop. So <laughs> I need more hints. I need more stuff. What should I do next? <laughs> But yeah, like, I, do y'all get the feeling like they're they're listening to us, the fans, and, and doing some fan service for us? Yes, I think so. Real quick, I just wanted to, I actually, because I was just so excited about the Mutant X-Men theme song Rift, I, I got the timestamp. The timestamp is 41 minutes, <laughs> 7 seconds. 
So those who maybe did not catch it, because honestly, I didn't catch it the first time because I was screaming. The and fuck you did. <laughs> oh, you were screaming. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah no, no. Like, I missed it because, yeah, I was like, what the shit? And then afterwards, I was like online, like nerding out with people. And they were like, did you hear the rift? And I'm like, what rift? <laughs> and I went back. I was like, oh, God, that's awesome. Oh, that shit is in, like ingrained into my like eardrums. Yeah. That- I can be walking anywhere, and as soon as I hear it, I'm like, "What the fuck? Where's that?" <laughs> like that, that is my ch- that is like the the anthem to my fucking childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it it definitely is me too. You you were talking about are they listening to us and things like that? I think so. And there was an interview with Amon Vellani, and she said when she had learned what was happening. By the way, this is, I'm crediting, this was on uh, Marvel.com, their uh, interview with Amon Vellani about the final episode. And it was like, when she learned about what's happened, she emailed Kevin Feige in all caps. And she said, like, they, they sent me and only me the draft of the final episode. And I immediately freaked out. I emailed Kevin Feige in all caps. And I was like, are you doing this like for real? Are you sure? I'm so honored. I was like yelling at him through emails. I was freaking out. This was the biggest deal in the world. And the fact that it's happening on our show is crazy. (laughs) So I just wanted to share that. I thought that was great. It feels like they got a, the right person to play Kamala because she feels like a fan of the comics and of the movies. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, regardless of what you think of this episode, regardless of what you think of this series. Yeah. Like, her as Ms. Marvel, there is no better cast at all that I could ever dare think of just for the sheer fact that she is such a fangirl, which is Kamala Khan. Like, she is the absolute Kamala Khan, in my opinion, as far as, like, her being chosen for this role. Yeah, I completely agree as well. Like she, you could see how much fun she was having with the with the character. Yeah, I I completely one hundred percent agree on with you on that. That it doesn't matter as far as what we feel about the whole overall episode. I'm just excited to see her in the future events that she's going to be in, like the future roles and in the in the Marvels movie and that kind of thing. I I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun seeing her in those, like Kang Dynasty or. Secret Wars or other titles that have been thrown out there from Comic-Con? I don't think those are going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's confirmed, bro. Yep. So, talking about that next week. I mean, I, I confirmed it I confirmed it years ago, uh, yeah. months ago. That's what I was supposed to say. Like, we've got we to wait for the Richard confirmation there. So, that also brings up something else. Since we're confirming things and whatnot like that. <laughs> Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, is a mutant, okay? It's, it's being implied that she's a mutant, like heavily implied that she is a mutant, all right? We've got Edith drones acting very much like Sentinels that we talked about, what, an episode ago, two episodes ago? No, it was two episodes ago because we had the, the Thor review. Yeah, it was two episodes ago. So I, I, is this even more proof of Edith is going to be the basis of the Sentinels? Yeah, I think we were right on the nose. Uh, I believe Nerdist released a episode like the day that we released our episode as well. So <laughs> I was like, we 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 did it first. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, I think they. I think this is absolutely setting up essentially society pushing against people with powers so that they'll be more like against mutants and mutation and thing like that because. I've often said I like the X-Men outside of the Marvel, like the MCU, because how can a group of people hate other people with powers but still love like the Avengers? But it seems like they're pushing that way just from the Comic-Con stuff that's announced like with Thunderbolt and then a little bit what's happened in this episode, plus you know, the things that we've seen in in the She-Hulk trailer and stuff like that. So it seems like they are pushing that way. And absolutely, I think maybe this Edith thing, if they don't, I don't know how they're going to, you know, draw that line to one another. But this is a perfect door to to use as say like, oh, the Edith drones, you know, they're the blueprint to the Sentinels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all damage control or somebody else would have to do is bring out 
what's the name? Task and uh, Trask. Trask. That's right. Trask. And there you go. Like that's, I would think that'd be a nail in the coffin then like it'd be done. So cool. All right. What, what, what are we thinking implication wise with this, with this whole mutant thing? Like, what are we thinking from here? Like, uh, obviously that's where we're all thinking we're going is with mutants, but how far are we taking this? Who's, who's going to be the, the first from either the cartoon or whatever else? Like who, who are we seeing first? So I don't know who we're going to see. I'm just going to list off what I want to see. I want to see the original uncanny X-Men team, like the Jack Kirby, Stan Lee. I want the first movie to just be that original core team, like the comics. Like I want it to be Cyclops, Marvel Girl, you know, Jean Grey, yeah. Angel, Beast, and Iceman. I want to see that for our first movie. Kind of like it's kind of like X-Men the first class already, but who cares? You know, we're doing something different now. I want to see that. Then in a later movie, or they could incorporate it in something else. But I want to see them bring in the classic team from the 90s that was introduced in giant size X-Men. Like, I want to see our Wolverine. I want to see our Colossus, our Nightcrawler, our Banshee, our, our uh, Storm, and stuff like that. Truly, what I think we're going to see is they're going to start maybe doing it in drips and drabs. It seems like that's what they're doing because there's been rumors of, like, the thing's going to show up in She-Hulk, and uh, Daredevil's going to show up in She-Hulk, and Doctor Doom is going to show up in Black Panther. So it seems like they're trying to incorporate some of their bigger Marvel characters that they've always sort of been here. We just haven't seen them. They've like stayed under the radar or something. And I think that's what it'll be personally. Okay. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, obviously I have no idea. I'm just here to to wait and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) But I do kind of agree with Richard as far as I think it'd be just kind of tagging them in there. I think it's going to be really interesting to see when, like how soon all that kind of comes together. Definitely don't want it to be rushed, but I think it's going to be cool to watch it kind of all form. I imagine we won't get like an official X-Men title until like two or three years after Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, definitely. Like there's no point in it. Like everybody's so hyped about Fantastic Four as it is anyways, which I don't understand because I'm not a Fantastic Four fan. But, like, it's it's huge, and everybody's excited about it. And I think the other biggest IP they have now would be the X-Men. So why do an X-Men title? Like, no, there's no point. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't see a point in it. Now, I agree completely with just a mutant here, a mutant there, and then just slowly start to trickle in until eventually we get, like, what would be the equivalent of the Avengers, and then we have, you know, the X-Men movie where the X-Men come together and, you know, form the team or whatever the case is. So that's that's kind of where I'm at as far as like how long I think it's going to be before we actually get an X-Men movie. So one of my like absolute favorites is Gambit. And I sent y'all a casting call. Yeah. Now, this casting call has been reported to be for Echo. It's been reported to be for like a a couple of different TV shows or movies. And uh, I want to read it to y'all real quick to see, like, does this sound like Gambit to y'all? All All right. We got Talex Boudreaux, who's a male in his 20s, open ethnicity, a Louisiana native. He's an entitled, volatile brat who likes to wield the power of his family's commands, but yet lacks the restraints required to influence his parents. Now, the thing that gets me is the whole entitled volatile brat. I don't think that's that doesn't sound like Gambit to me necessarily. But Louisiana native Boudreaux is actually the last name of his first wife. So I thought that was extremely interesting. So yeah, what do y'all what do y'all think? I mean, I I, I got stuff for the parents too here, but I, I would just mainly wanted to focus on that one. I, I just thought it was kind of like cover up for Craven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like one of those. It kind of went along with uh, with that little synopsis thing that Richard had found a few weeks ago. <laughs> that whole storyline. <laughs> yeah. So you think it's shit, basically? Well, no. I mean, I I really read through it and I was like, I don't know what this is. So, I was like, 
<laughs> uh, what do you think, Richard? Yeah, I I think didn't I was I was trying to while well, Jeremy was making craven jokes. I was trying to look up uh, <laughs> to see if he had a brother-in-law in the comics because I can't remember like Remy LeBeau. Oh, I don't know. If he had a brother-in-law that was like the wife's brother. Oh, I don't know. Because I'm wondering if that's who that is. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't think... Okay. I don't think this is Gambit. I think this is Gambit's wife who I can't remember her name. I know it's... Is it Bordeaux? I thought it was Bordeaux. I thought that's how you said it. It's Belladonna. I know that. Yeah, I'm not French, so I don't know. <laughs> like I'm, I, I butcher <laughs> normal names, let alone French names. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, yeah, I think that's a casting call for her brother. No, because that's so that would be the father and the mother and the youngest son. So I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, maybe maybe they're they wouldn't make. They're not gonna. I don't know. Maybe the yeah, maybe it's just right now. Maybe they already have the Belladonna character cast and they're just looking for a brother for like a, a young, you know what I mean? Like a flashback scene when they're super young. So somebody when when Belladonna and Remy were getting married because it was to cease a feud fight with the thieves in Louisiana, somebody opposed the wedding and actually like Gambit, Remy actually wound up, I believe, killing him. And I want to say he was like either a brother or something like that to Belladonna or some kind of a relative or some something close to Belladonna. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was very adamant about them not getting married. And, and Remy had to get out of town after that because of that. So, yeah, that might be it. I think that might. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Now, they're not spelled exactly the same. I will say that. But they're awfully damn close to to the same last name. Like, yeah, that, it's just very coincidental. So the reason I like the idea of Remy LeBeau coming in is because Remy LeBeau, Gambit, also has ties to Mr. Sinister. Yeah. So that's another villain that's been specked on hard coming in. Yeah. Like, trust me, I've been dying. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to be the biggest Marvel fanboy, but I am. So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I do like DC a lot, not necessarily a lot of their movies, but I do like the comics as well. But I have always had usually pretty good faith in when the X-Men and the Fantastic Four eventually make their ways to the MCU. All of your favorite villains and moments from comics, they will absolutely show up in the movies. And yeah, we'll, we will totally, like Mr. Sinister is such a huge character that is tied to the X-Men to both Remy and Cyclops and Jean that it would be crazy if they don't put him in. So we are so going to see at least, I don't know, I don't know what this movie is for yet, what this casting call is for, but, you know, when would they get to that point? We will absolutely see like an Essex calling card of some sort, like not necessarily like an actual calling card, but something to allude to uh, Mr. Sinister. Well, and on top of that, like we've already had that Essex calling card in previous movies of the X-Men. Yeah. And so it's like, that is true. You're right there at it, guys. You're right there at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then on top of that, Gambit has ties to, uh, you know, when he's a thief, he actually has ties to Storm as well. Yeah. So, like, you could introduce several people, and Gambit's another character that people have been wanting to see done properly for a while now. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Rogue, Rogue as well. You know, he's in he's in love with Rogue a lot of the time. Oh yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Well, they're actually married. Yes. Yes, that is true. Like the current, now. Yeah, I, I'm talking about like past stuff that they could do stories leading up to that. But yeah. Yeah, you know what? Gambit would be now that we're we're just talking about this, Gambit would be a great character to use to introduce drips and drabs of other important mutant characters. And and you just have to do heist. You just have to do a heist TV show. Mm-hmm. Done. Like, because that's what he is. He's a thief. Till he actually, you know, teams up with the X-Men and becomes a hero. But yeah, I mean he's he's just a thief. Was adopted at a young age and has went on adventures since then. So, <laughs> so yeah. What else? I want to see Wolverine again. 
I know we've seen him. Don't get me wrong. I like Hugh Jackman's portrayal. He's not in a lot of great movies, but on the whole, he did a great job as Wolverine. Yeah. But I've always wanted to see a shorter, stockier, scrappier Wolverine. And I'm dying to see that. Not to mention, there's always a gag of like Wolverine's on every single team. If it's got an X in it, he's on it. He's yeah. also <laughs> he's also an Avenger. So like I they've made jokes about it in the comic books, like where he'd be like, Don't you know you were on that team? He's like, I'm on a bunch of teams. Like, what what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. I definitely want to see I want to see a good storm. I want to see yeah. like I I'm I'm I want to get to our giant size X-Men team, like the classic 90s team. But I want it. To, I want it to be earned. I don't want it to just be already there. Yes. And I. I want to see everybody from the '90s cartoon essentially. Like I want to see. I even want to see Jubilee. Like as much as I hate Jubilee, I want to see Jubilee. <laughs> um, I want to see Bishop. Uh, eventually, I'd love for them to do oh. like a Days of Future Past type thing and have Bishop be brought in. And I swear to God, if they don't use that harmonica sound. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, come on now. They're pulling out all the stops. They, they're bound to do that. Yeah. Bound. I, I think you bring a good book. Uh, I think you bring up a good point in Wolverine because he has been on so many teams, including Alpha Flight as well. Uh, the Canadian group. Yeah. And, and, you know, it looks like we're forming groups outside of the States now with, Blade and people like that, the Black Knight. Also, you know, Magipore is there. We could have the patch series that we've talked about before. So, like, oh. that's a thing that could happen. What do y'all think about the rumors of Eggsy from Kingsman being Wolverine, though? <sighs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've been watching this guy on YouTube, Nando V Movies, and he's been like fan casting and very like gives actual, like, reasons why he thinks this person would be good. And I like a lot of his choices. And he brought up the one, like, Eggsy, uh, Terrence Egerton, I believe is his actual name. And the guy that plays Venom. I can't think of his name. Tom Hardy. Yeah. And he didn't like those choices. He brought up another guy that I wish I had written down his name. But anyway, he he picked a guy who I think He's just under, I think, six foot. So he's not technically like the shortest person, but he's not, I guess, quote unquote, tall. But the the reason why I liked his choice is the dude's neck is like the size of a tree trunk. And <laughs> he's he's also Canadian, which I, you know, whatever, like Wolverine in the 90s cartoon doesn't really sound Canadian. He's always like, uh, bub. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm trying not to reference the X-Men, the Pete Holmes. <laughs> like I uh, just our listeners, please look up Pete Holmes, X-Men, EX-Men and look up Wolverine, look up Gambit, look up Nightcrawler. They're fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> they are. But yeah, I don't like this is all long winded and I apologize. But no, Eggsy. No, I don't. I don't like the casting for Eggsy. It looks like it may be him because there's rumors that he's talking with Marvel Studios and I'm like, no, please no. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody else that he can play outside of Wolverine. I mean, the, the, the Marvel, we have so many characters that we've spec are coming mm-hmm. that have yet to be cast. Like, it, it could be anybody at this point in time. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this that we've talked about, I think, last episode is that we, we're now in such a vast world that we didn't even know we were in, you know, however long ago, that, like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. So, the, any, anybody could be played by anybody at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I The only thing I really want to see is just, like, basically the Chris Claremont, like, X-Men. Like, I want to see all the, you know, the the classic, like, Rogue and, and uh, Colossus and... Uh, Shadowcat and Nightcrawler and all that. I, I, I've said that a plenty of times now, but I, I just want to see those brought to the, the big screen. And I know we've seen them in the Fox ones, and some were good, some were not, but I'm, I'm ready to see the, like the MCU version of them. Yeah. 
for me, especially to um, Nightcrawler, nothing is more badass in the Fox movies mm. than that opening sequence in X2 with Nightcrawler. Yeah. That is by far just the most badass thing I think I've ever seen in, in any of the X-Men movies. And then after that, it was just like he... I, I just didn't like his character after that. It wasn't... And they didn't utilize him really yeah. anymore after that. It was it was very disappointing to see that. It was quite like Gambit in X-Men Origins, which altogether was just... It had issues front to back, that movie did. Oh, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> just not utilize Like, having that stuff and not utilizing is just a damn shame. Like... Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I will say, like, it's clearly obvious that we're heading towards Mephisto as well in those. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I brought up the, uh, I just got to mention it because I was editing it all last week, but I brought up the fact that Russell Crowe was going to play Satan, and I specifically put it in there in case you made a Mephisto joke, or if you didn't, <laughs> it would lead you to bringing up Mephisto and you you didn't even take the bait. You didn't take the bait. I know. I know. <laughs> I, t- I told my wife the other day, I was like, I have not, when we were listening to the, you know, we're listening to the episodes and stuff, I was like, I haven't gotten Mephisto in there in probably at least like six or seven episodes, maybe more. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm falling down on my job here. <laughs> all you've been focused on is Captain Marvel. I know. All, I've been trying it. to find her. So. And. <laughs> You just let Marvel's the devil just skip to the side <laughs> yeah. all alone. <laughs> all right. Sounds like we're calling it. Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh, they can find me on Twitch every now and then under the handle Night Fury GTO. That's Night with a K. And uh, of course, you can find me here. Richard, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Knight Curry, Knight like Dan Knight, and Curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you just type in comicallycomicspodcast on your favorite social media website, more than likely we'll pop up. So <laughs> check us out there. Nice. You can find me on Instagram and whatnot, the handle 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. And with all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. (laughs) So, Gambit, you throw stuff. I control other things, you know, like in, in my pocket, I have some change, you know, because I had a, a gyro. Earlier, I had a lunch. Oh, so if we were attacked by sentinels at lunch, perhaps you could have thrown the gyro. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can throw a gyro, but it's tough because the meat's floppy. Scatters the meat. I'm so, are you? F- I- you're still messing with me, aren't you? Indubitably.